Hi, this is Deborah Ann Wool. Thank you for listening to the Children of Erte podcast, presented by Demiplane. You can join us live on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Pacific at twitch.tv backslash RPG, or catch up with the VOD of each episode on the Demiplane YouTube channel. Bags are packed, are you ready to go? This time tomorrow we'll be on the road Riding with you in the sunnier days I wouldn't want it any other way everyone hello welcome back to another chapter of children of erte we're so excited to have you here with us so let's start as usual with adam and the sponsors we have wonderful sponsors idol champions of the forgotten realms thank you so much for all of your support you can grab an electrum chest code on the overlay what? or bouncing around in chat that will get you stuff in the game. It's, <laughs> it's the stuff that you need. So uh, so snag that chess code. And then we also have Die Hard Dice, who has supplied our cast with, this is the tea today, telemetric tumblers. <laughs> telemetric. So, oh, there that we go. Just what did you roll? That's what I want. <laughs> yeah, that's the important part. <laughs> wow. I have a 14, I have a 9, and an 11, and a, okay. just about a 17 over there. Okay. No ones. No ones. We can continue the show. Yeah. The <laughs> so you can get 10% uh, off any order with the code Erte. And you can also do the um, uh, gift card that is going to be bouncing around chat as well. I'm not sure when we do that anymore, to be honest, but just pay attention to chat and they're going to let you know when the gift card for Die Hard Dice is going around. And finally, tonight, you'll hear the dulcet tones of Sirenscape because epic games need epic sound. Apparently, you will also hear what sounds like the sky is falling when Deborah drops her dice. <laughs> I am Adam Bradford, the CDO at Demiplane, and I am playing a very excited to get this train pulling out of our new station that is in the middle of nowhere here, Silas Jordan Sorrell. Hey everyone, I'm Alicia Marie. Um, you can find me on socials at Alicia Marie Body, and I'm a creative artist and costume designer. And I'm working on a very important costume right now. So I just want to share that, even though I can't share what it is, I'm really excited about it. So I'm just happy that I see the light at the end of the tunnel on this particular piece, and I'll be able to share it. Yay! Yay. Tonight, I am playing the very tall, electrifying Fruza Armstrong attorney at law. <laughs> Hello, my name is Jen Kretschmer. Uh, you can find me still for the moment on Twitter as at DreamWisp, uh, streaming on Twitch as DreamWisp Jen, on the other socials mostly as DreamWisp if you are on the other places. Um, I do all sorts of things and have some stuff that we'll be announcing <laughs> soon. Um, but tonight, I am playing your friendly neighborhood troublemaker, Maeve Morgan Flynn. 
Hi, I'm Lauren Urban. I'm the content coordinator over at Idol Champions of the Forgotten Realms. You can find me on Twitter and other places as Oboe Lauren, where I sometimes do D&D and Oboe things. But tonight, I'm going to be playing <laughs> Neb, who now has a book of wildlife and is really excited. <clears throat> and hello, everybody. My name is Hope Lavelle. You can follow me on Twitter at the Hope Lavelle. And tonight, I'm playing Miss Robin Beckett, who has recently come across some new overalls that looks like trade overalls, blue and white pinstripe. And she's needing some help from chat on does she, does she get rid of her, her brown overalls with the patches and upgrade slash move to the train. You guys got to let me know in chat, which way do we go? These are big decisions. It's a big decision. Life love or death. my overalls. Yes, that could be pretty cute. cute. Yeah. Can you take the brown overalls and turn them into patches? for the stripey Ooh, overalls. Interesting. Oh, look at you designing on here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I am Deborah Amwell. I am your storyteller for this evening. Thank you all for being here. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, players, everyone at home. So let's get settled in and prepare for the 27th chapter of Children of Verde. So as we left off last time, uh, yes, we had done lots of exploring. Um, we had finally found what we think was the last sort of clue from the um, uh, from the the lovers' treasure hunt that you had been <laughs> following. Um, as you were sort of examining things, I believe were you in the dining car, mm -hmm. examining things for the last time, trying to put together some numbers, trying to figure out uh, the last clues off of these things. You very suddenly came to the realization. Um, as Neb, you and Silas were looking out the window and you turned around and went, wait, I'm in compartment D as little snowflakey fairies flew outside the window behind you. I just want to verify, is everyone seeing that? Yeah, I wouldn't know. Well, I'm <laughs> assuming I'm not seeing that. <laughs> Neb is not. Neb has turned around to exclaim okay. that, that you know, compartment D is, is her compartment. Mm -hmm. And if that is indeed the answer, that is interesting. As you all turn to look at her, you see behind her tiny little lights. And within them, you think you see snowflakes with little bodies. I mean, I'll let you in my room if that's what we need. I've never seen anything weird in there, but these have been hidden really well. Don't move. Neb, don't move. Okay. Uh, it's probably fine. They're really, really little. How, how are you doing, little fella? Wait, who? <laughs> and Neb will turn around. No, I'm gonna turn around. Staring right at you. And Neb, you are right there up close to them. You very clearly see tiny little bodies about the size of a bumblebee. But the wings that you would expect from a fairy of some kind actually encircle entirely around them, creating snowflake-like patterns. As they sort of float there, uh, uh, spinning, they look at you. And give me a quick insight check, please. Sure. How cute, though. Uh, you know what? I would love for you to roll that. You I have a plus it. five yeah. to insight. As I look over at Silas, and I'll, I'll say real quick, your, your light thing worked. They came. That's amazing. <laughs> um. Uh -oh. The one on the left looks at you, makes kind of a sly, little bit evil grin, turns to the other one and whispers. You just barely hear it sounds like the whisper of snow as it falls through the air, just that little bit of friction. He then glowers a little bit, raises his eyebrow, and the two separate, flying one way down the train, the other down the other, disappearing from sight. 
That's not good, is it? That's downright <laughs> ominous. <laughs> you guys know those things? Well, you should know well, about fairies, as they're yes. always mischievous. Well, we talked about them before, the Will-o'-the-Wisps. They're the ones that led us into the room oh. the very first time, remember? The one came, I think it was the one, and they were outside before, and I I don't know what they're doing, but the one seemed like they were about to do a prank. <laughs> oh, it's been yeah. a few days. Okay. You guys. I mean, they're okay. really little, so I mean, That's, I doubt I mean, it would be anything major. So am I. Oh, they're, I can cause all kinds of trouble. So <laughs> I, I wouldn't rule out size for trouble. Uh, do we want to wait? Follow them? Have... Yes. Oh, we need to go okay. to your room. Like, we're in the middle of a treasure hunt. <laughs> oh, that's right. We're, the, we're in the middle of so many different things. <laughs> Well, like, which do we I, think is the more amazing? I used thing? to watch. Li listen, I used to watch this. Um, you probably don't even know what this kind of stuff is, but it's called an actual play show, and it's basically where people get together and they play tabletop role playing games, and they're on streams doing this. It's it's kind of absurd that people like spend the amount down of the time. River. Yeah, I, know. I mean, basically, people just sit and watch other people play games, and it, it's wild. But I used to watch this one. And there was a character that I loved. I think she was my favorite character. But she used to say, one problem at a time, like all the time. And that must have I been mean, really that's... boring to hear all of the time. <laughs> well, no, I mean, it was actually, it was Were they not really able to like multitask? It was really endearing. It was really endearing. And okay. I think that, you know, ultimately, like we should just kind of take one problem at a time, which right now is a treasure hunt. And I'm sure the little ice fairies will be there. When we okay, when we get done with that, it just All seems right. so bizarre. Well, if we're looking for trouble, there they'll be there, mm -hmm. and if we're not, they'll probably be there trying to lead us into it. Yeah, just be careful of them. Some say they were the embers of hell. Well, they're oh. they're little frost creatures. They can't be embers of of fire. It depends on it, it depends on the kind of metaphysical hell you're talking about. But yeah, I think they're gonna do something but i unless we want to go follow them then i guess you're right we should just go to my room it's a weird thing to say in this circumstance but I well mean, i, I want to find them sooner or later because it feels almost like when you see a spider in your house and then you <laughs> lose that spider and you don't know where the spider is and you can't sleep for a week that's what mm. it feels like you know. <laughs> never mind okay let's do what we're doing let's go okay. to neb's room Okay, and I will lead All them right. to my room. <laughs> <laughs> Open up the door and be like, <laughs> enter. Um, yes, yeah, so uh, Neb leads you down, you know, across the coupling into the the uh, guest, you know, compartments here. You pass by room A once again, um, the door obliterated and inside just sort of darkness um, as you then continue farther down the hall to compartment D, which is Neb's room. Uh, Neb, as you let people in, it looks exactly as you left it. Well, I don't know what exactly we're looking for, but feel feel free to make yourself at home, I guess. Silas, you know what's happening, right? You said you have a tabletop story or somebody you know <laughs> that used to say there's problems we should find or Oh, no, something. I mean, all, like, it, it was a really silly show that is not applicable in any way to real um, and so I was just saying that that one character just said one problem at a time and that popped into my head because we, uh, one thing that you learn from those is you should never split the party. We do that all the time though, and everything turns out fine. 
Yeah. So it, it's it's not applicable. Um, the other thing is, is just this one problem at a time. Really, that was just me saying that I want to get to the end of this treasure hunt to see what happens. And then we can go chase fairies. It's also very possible that they're going to chase us. And so they'll just show up. But um, I'll be ready. So besides that, it's here in this room. What else do we need to do? Should we tear up the floorboards? I'll move my stuff. <laughs> it's, it's just my luggage. I'll just like throw it onto the bed. And be yeah. Like, I mean, in this space, it's not very large. It looks exactly like all of your compartments. They're all exactly the same, except for, of course, compartment A. Um, in this space, when you step in, there's the little desk to the left. There's a small closet. There's then the little pass through with the water closet, the, the toilet <laughs> and the uh, shower behind. Then over to the right side, there's a, a, you know, a bed and a little place to sit. Um, but it's, uh, you know, it's fairly tight in here, tight quarters in here. Your bed is shorter than mine. Is it? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's interesting. They, they must have known. <laughs> I think it's kind of well, a weird detail. Seems like me. they know a lot about us, so I'm kind of yeah. not surprised by that anymore. Wait, is it sized for what you were when you got here, Faruza? Or is yeah. it sized for what you are now? What do you mean? What, what am I now? I don't I know, because you're like what, five inches taller than you were when we first got here. Listen, I'm just hoping that this is it, because I already have enough trouble trying to get through doorways. I don't want to turn into a, a monster. What if I'm going to turn into like... We are monster? not going to retrofit the train. I can tell you that much. Because it is hard enough to just get it running. Much less doing renovations. For it's already tough. been renovated, so... <laughs> so far, everything that's happened to you has been awesome. And you've been having fun with it. So and, and if, if we're thinking about this one problem at a time thing, it, it, let's not worry until you hit a thing that you don't like, and then we'll we'll help you fix it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I Okay. Thank you. I think. <laughs> I don't know if that was as, as calming as I wanted it to be, but I, I'm, I'm trying my best. I don't know. Maybe I'm inspired yeah. by Silas's play thing. All right. So are we ripping up the floorboards? How about the ceiling? Uh, I was gonna ask, is there anything with like a, a vine pattern or a rope pattern in the design in here? As you look around, you look at the molding that's surrounding the closet door and it appears to be entwined vines. Ah, uh, perhaps it's here since the clue had something about my love is entwined. Hmm. Wow. Wow. Not even going to make your roll for that one. That, that, <laughs> that's incredible. I mean, honestly, it's like somebody wrote that. <laughs> Are you sure this isn't a re reality TV program? Well, if it I is, mean. Then, if, if it is, then Maeve has just proven that she's the, the smart one in the group. Okay, so in the closet? And I'll open up the closet. You open up the closet. Have you put anything in there yet, Neb? Um, Hung anything up or? I think at this point, there's probably only another pair of sneakers in there okay. because the only other thing she would have hung up is her jacket, which she's wearing. Yeah. So I don't think there's anything but yeah, you, a second pair of sneakers. It's, like, it's oh. pretty small, you know, uh, it's 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 narrow. Um, but as you kind of look in, it, it's fairly empty. You've got your sneakers down kind of on the, the floor at the bottom. Um, give me a perception check, Maeve, since you're the one kind of over there looking at stuff. <laughs> 
16. So looking at it and remembering when you hung up your own clothes or checked out your own closet, you're pretty sure the floor of this closet is a little bit higher than, you know, the molding comes up a little higher than it does in your room. Uh, does it look like there's a way to, well, we have a, we, we got a crowbar. You we have got a, crowbar. a num number 18 crowbar. You do. Mm -hmm. uh, the most adorable crowbar. I'll point it out. <laughs> does someone else want to right here or see how it's a bit. Ah, oh, yeah. Ah, well, you found it. Go ahead. I'll move my sneakers. Okay. Uh, perhaps someone else wants to. Try it, huh? Hey, listen, I'll 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 do it. And Silas, okay. uh, as he uh, pulls forward, um, he with minor illusion, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. everyone like maybe just doesn't even notice it, like right at first, but they definitely eventually understand that he is like playing illusory music. That is that whole like, <laughs> you know, building to some you know huge yeah. reveal. Um, and he, he starts to uh, to try to pry it up. Um, you find that it actually slots in the side a lot easier, as if the the, the the sort of whole floor of this this closet is a tad bit smaller than the space in which it's holding. And you can just sort of prop and pull. And as you pull open this false floor to this closet, you see a safe with a good old-fashioned combination lock, a dial with numbers 0 to 99. How many oh, it's horrific. <laughs> no, it's it's actually just a safe. It's a safe. <laughs> how how many numbers are required for the safe? Uh, you don't know. I, you know, it looks like your locker from school, except heavier duty. Oh, it's the okay. it's a combination lock. You know, like okay. a I don't know if there's a different word for those, but the spinny right, dial so, kind. So yeah. I know these are really easy to pop if we wanted to go that route, but if we want to really go through and honor the memory of Al. And, and Al. the test that Al and Al. she is putting us through, then do we want to try to figure this out? Oh, it's all in good spots. Uh, well, we have some numbers. We do have numbers. Yeah. The tools we were given. What, five? It's a five and 18 we've been given. You found the wrench is a number five and the crowbar is a number 18. And the two of them is two. <laughs> So we've missed some. And they became well, one. On, on the ones at school, you really only needed to know two yeah. of the numbers because you'd turn back the other way and it would sort of click. Yeah. Also, right. um, weren't we warned about 213? I wonder if we that's going to come into play here at all. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's... Five, my... 18, two, one, I don't know. Al and Al, I don't think they knew anything about room A. Maybe not, but... That, that seems like the kind of coincidence that would just happen, right? I don't know. There might be something specific in the in the clues. Hmm. We have all the papers. You have all the papers? Do we have that card? The did original I, birthday card? I think I kept it. You did? did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It said 70 years, right? Mm -hmm. um, oh, yep. Yes, it did. That's right. All right. That's three numbers. Mm, right. What do you want to try? Am I going to try one? It's five ones. You want to try 7518? Is that what you're going to do, Maybe You're going to step in and do that one? I, I'm just posing it for the group. Okay. 
That makes sense to me. Uh, yeah, but, if if Maeve is is not like you know there with it or whatever, Silas, as people are calling numbers, Silas is just idly like trying every combination of numbers, um, and 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 he is just like throwing them in there haphazardly uh -huh. at first. Uh huh. Um, you, Silas isn't getting anything. Um, as soon as Maeve calls out 75, 8, 75, mm -hmm. 18, uh, <laughs> uh, you try that, that does not open the safe. So then I try all, all the iterations of that. <laughs> 5, 70, 18, you know, like. And, it doesn't open the safe. Was... You're making little hash marks in the closet <laughs> wall to keep track of what you've done. Nope. What are we missing? All right, let's read over the clues again. And I'm going to grab all the papers and yes. put them on the bed and lay them out one, like, first, second, yes. third, fourth. So you, so you lay them out. The first one is the birthday card. The second one is this little uh, little card that's sort of tied to a key. The second mm -hmm. one is a full letter that was wrapped around the wrench. Oh, and the third yeah. one is one that was taped to the, uh, was, the crowbar. Was there a number on the key? You want to take a look at it? Yes, please. Yes, as you do. Hidden in the intricacies of the design at the top. Uh, if you kind of hold it in the right light and take a look at it, you think you see a three and a four. Bingo. As all this is going on, Silas is just eyeballing <laughs> the crowbar. Yes. And yeah. he's just kind of telekinetically like kind of <laughs> propping it up because uh -huh. he's like, hey, if this goes on too much longer, I'm just popping this thing is what he's like. <laughs> <laughs> Maeve, do you, do you share your discovery? I, I will, I'll, I'll yeah. point that out. So try 34, try Silas. Silas is... Keys it in. As you go forward. to the 34, you hear a little... As you go passing the zero back to the five. And as you go around to the 18, not passing zero, there's a final. Oh. And you can feel the weight of this very heavy, sturdy door just sink a tad as it releases from the lock. Major, major. <laughs> they had all the information right there. It was, it was yeah, there. but you figured it out. I had no idea. And, so and, as know. that happens, Silas makes like a sound effect that sounds like a coin that you just jumped up to get in Mario Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> well, open it up. All right, it's heavy. This is a heavy duty safe. Um, it feels vintage, it feels good, you know, like really sturdy and strong. It'd feel good having your birth certificate in there and your <laughs> deeds of bond and all of that be really safe. So as you kind of pull it open and it, it, it reaches up towards the back of the closet, inside the walls are lined with velvet um, and you can even feel and smell. It's like this really kind of sort of stale air, but it's, it, I don't know, it, again, it has that sort of like old books sent to it mm -hmm. and lying on the velvet at the bottom is a pocket watch floats it up to the group yes he's like i think this is it it has iconography of clouds on it it has a sort of almost clear opalescent kind of jewel on one end well um, we've got them all let's go on out to steve Wait, oh, what time okay. is what time of day is it? It's nighttime, yeah. Right now, yeah, it's nighttime. It's probably 8 p.m., something like that, 8, 9 p.m. Well, we have to be prepared for whatever might happen. I mean, should we wait till morning if, if Steve decides to stand up, grab the train, and start running? I, if he I does mean, that, then we'll just hop on the train. and. Also, if he does that, I don't know if it's going to matter if it's daytime or nighttime. 
Yeah, that's true. Uh, let's, like if let's he tries to destroy us and obliterate us, probably not going to matter. <laughs> I don't think I could uh, wait all night to see what happens. What time uh, is the is the watch set to? This watch, mm-hmm. um, this watch uh, looks like it's about four fifteen. Um, if you go to wind it, you see it still works. It can still, wow. you know, it still ticks. It's still a working watch. Who, Robin, you have the other one, right? I. They're I all it? attached to yeah. Steve right now. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, let's let's do this. All right, yeah. let's go. I mean, right. listen, like, I don't want to be that guy here, but I do kind of just want to mention, like, you know, I was thinking this entire time because I thought that this was going to be just in, like, an air vent or something. But, like, if we had been on this train and we had not, like, gotten, you know, stranded in whatever this place is, so does that mean that this stranger, Al, was going to be just rummaging around in our rooms for stuff? Like, I mean, Probably. wasn't your stuff in here, man? <laughs> yeah, but I'd assume this was the kind of thing they do while, well, you know, after we were well, what, we're out, out at the excursion, like the day excursion. They're just going to go through our wow. stuff. They also work on the train, so. <laughs> Augie was going to make your beds, you know. <laughs> Yeah, we have to assume that the people who work on the train had some kind of, that we could trust them in some way, right? And if this is the worst thing, he would have had to move my sneakers. I would have been totally okay with that. And and I'm like actively moving out and and trying to look around. True love. If I had gotten in this room and all of a sudden I like realized that, you know, any contraband I might have with me, I might would have tried to hide it somewhere. And they might have come across the contraband. That's yeah, all I'm saying. Room, you would not have had that tiny little uh, adorable crowbar. <laughs> now, That's come on, true. let's go put this on Steve. Yeah, and as okay. I go outside, I want to very. Um, I'm I'm on the lookout for these creatures these, these creatures parodies. yes yeah absolutely give me a perception check as you head out of the train. That's that's another one. I'd love you to roll. Yeah, that's a plus five it. on my hand. All right. Um, Walking down, um, you don't see any of the lights, uh, but you just have this eerie feeling of being watched. Has everybody followed me? (laughs) Yeah, we're following you. (laughs) I'll I'll look back at everyone and say, they're here somewhere. Who's they? If you're here, why don't you show yourselves? I don't like jump scares. I don't like being watched. I'm watching them right back. Yeah. Oh, you can uh, see them? No, you can't. I mean, well, yeah. No, um, I, I, I can't. <laughs> but I, I'm just saying it because yeah. I'm posturing. You make your way through the cold, dark night now. Uh, again, feeling, you know, hearing the crunch of the snow beneath your feet as you move your way back up towards the engine. As you cross over to Steve, he's like a dark monolith in the night here. You can barely see any of his features because it is so dark. Um, as you I'll come up, light up yeah, my hand as we get closer. Get a little, bit. a little bit of light. It yeah. casts fantastic, terrifying shadows all around you as you approach. Um, yeah. He just looks ancient. He looks like old ancient stone, um, even crumbling and a little bit, you know, faded in certain places. Uh, but as you approach, you can see, again, kind of stuck to his his torso in these different places are these watches that are just tightly magnetized to his body. 
so magnificent. But you have to understand that Robin and I are, you know, understand our trepidation just a tad. Yeah, I mean, I think we should all back up because I can get that watch close enough and we can be like 100 feet away if we need to be. All right, let's do it. I mean, because we don't know what he's going to do. Robin's like, all right, let's do it. (laughs) Neb will step back like 10 feet. Okay. Yeah. And, And... Silas, you're going to take it telepathically. Uh, Silas is going to touch the pocket watch uh-huh. and make it light up. Okay. And um, and then he is going to float it uh, closer uh, to whatever this thing is. Right. What Whatever we call Steve. Well, perhaps they'll wake up and we can ask them what they're going I, to I, I am with you. That's the first question, as long as he's not killing us. So you all take a step back 10, 15 mm-hmm. feet, wherever you feel safe. As this watch floats, it's lit, in, lit up in front of you. It almost reminds you a little bit of a larger version of these little lights that have been flying around. And it begins to float towards Steve. Suddenly, two blue lights come out of the left and try no! to take it from you. Please give me a what? strength saving throw. Silas? Can I do it with spellcasting modifier? You can. Go ahead. Absolutely, you can. All right. Um, oh, that's nice. That's a 19. Oh, that's a 19. Ah, All right. Um, you feel the pressure of these things. You all hear a little. Oh, oh, they're trying to take it. They're trying to take it. As they try to pull it, they get the chain and you can see the chain starting to go off to one side (laughs) as they kind of let go and ricochet flying off into the trees off to the side as the other one turns to you and goes, and flies off at I don't know what you're I want to run up to, like, yes. I'll, I'll start to run towards it. And when it does that, I'll just be like, no, 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 shoo, shoo, shoo. <laughs> With your hand of <laughs> <to> fire. Shoo, shoo, shoo. And it flies away after its companion. And then I'm going to try to get it there faster. <laughs> As it floats faster, when it's about a foot within, you don't even have to work anymore. It just sucks it right in till it hits magnified, you know, magnetized Ooh. onto the, the torso of this this large monolith. The light goes out. It does not oh. maintain. Oh, no, There's a broke long it. period right. of silence. The whole top of it slumps forward a little bit. And then in the darkness against the blue, dark blue sky and the moon, you see it rise up to its full height, its head riding atop of its shoulders. What do you ask? What is your name? name? I think (laughs) so. I'll high five silence. (laughs) I need a second. I mean, you two have no time. Whoa, 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 whoa. We're going to buy each other a Coke now. Yep. Um, (laughs) I'm here for it. (laughs) I have to do a creepy voice. I can't. Okay. (laughs) We broke our DM. (laughs) It happens a lot. I'm I'm, I'm breaking. Okay. Okay. This is a big lead up for nothing, but okay. Okay. No. Oh. No name. Can we call you Steve? I'll take that as a yes. 
if if you change your mind, just let us know in some way, and we'll we'll offer more names, or you can tell us what you like. But it feels weird to just be like, "Hey, you." It turns its head ever so slightly to the side. Again, you're not getting much features because it's so dark against the backlit of the moon. Um, it turns, looking maybe more towards probably Silas, since you were the one that sent it over. It says. Are you the masters of the tree? Uh, Silas, when someone asks you if you are master of a train, you say yes. Um, I love you, Miss Robin. Yes, <laughs> although we are the masters of the train, although master is kind of a word that's that's not seeing great usage these days. So we prefer something like the, the custodians of the train. <sighs> so does that, do, do you serve the masters of the train? I am tasked to protect and it's master. Yes, yes, yes. Well, that's awesome because uh, we could use a lot of that help, actually. Yes. This is Steve. We're, we we're you, trying Steve. to get. Go ahead. Uh, no, no, no. Go you go. You go. I was just expressing my joy and excitement. At this moment. <laughs> okay. Cruz is going to pull herself up to her full six four and brush it off. Um, Mr. Steve. Where we've got this train going, because we're trying to get to a location that's really important for us. And uh, we would love it if uh, you could help. We're assuming you know how to work this train as well, because we can teach you if you don't. <laughs> Silas will teach you. Um. <sighs> Do not run the train. You just protect it. Hey, quick question. I don't know how much you weigh, buddy. Like, that's that's not like a personal question. But, like, can you actually ride on the train? Or is this like a thing where you, like, run alongside it? Because that would be pretty cool. Good question, Silas. Good question. <sighs> With every sigh, you get the feeling that he's a little... No. He's a little, he's used to, to more oh. uh, uh, commanding, you know, uh, uh, to the point kind of <laughs> uh, custodians and uh, <laughs> is starting to, to regret a little maybe being brought, being reanimated here. Oh no. He turns and begins mm. to walk slow, heavy steps. You even think you sort of feel the ground just tremble a little beneath his feet as he walks towards the back of the train away from you. Hey, uh, where, where, where are you going, buddy? Maybe that's where he stays. Do you follow him? Oh, yes. yeah. Okay. Hey, where are you going? Let's use our words. He's oh. not super fast. You can keep up with him pretty easily as, yeah. as you follow along. He makes it to the back to the caboose where he sits on the iron railings at the back, his legs dangling off like a child at the end of the dock. And says, how, 
Oh, hey, actually, speaking of ready, unless we go that direction and I point like where he's mm -hmm. facing, I guess now we need some help fixing the train tracks. Is that something that you could do to help protect us? Because technically, I think that falls into that venue. It would, in fact, damage the train if it were to go directly into yeah. the train tracks. Yeah. He perks up a little, standing a little, you know, sitting a little bit taller as he pops himself off the back of the train and turns toward you. He says, <sighs> turns and begins to walk back towards the front of the train. Again, it takes a long time. He's a slow walker, but he's really very powerful. You don't think anything could really stand in his way. As he makes his way forward, he turns back to the group and says, Show me. Uh, yeah, and and Silas is gonna, and we're just gonna go up to the front where the train tracks are messed up, and Silas mm -hmm. is gonna be, yeah, he, he, here it is. We don't know what to do with this mess. <laughs> he stands atop of it, looking down at the bent part of the track, and as he looks at it, you hear a little, as he cocks his head to one side, the stone grinding against stone, and suddenly lifts his leg, putting it behind him, swinging it forward with an incredible force. He kicks the rail, it reverberates through the entire area. You hear snow dropping off of trees in the woods beyond. And looking down, you see it is fixed. He turns to you. Now, we ride. Oh, wait, 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 wait. no, no, I, I need to safety inspect. <laughs> he and turns and walks to the back of the train and sits back on the caboose. As as we, we walk and him. <laughs> yeah, as he walks back, I'm gonna follow and walk and talk and be like, "Yes, can you get into the engine?" Looking at him, your guess is no. Uh, he's very big uh, and not super dexterous. These little footholds and so forth. Um, he says, "Back." What you wish? Well, I'm just thinking we need to keep this train fed with fuel all the time. And I I don't know if you need to sleep or eat, but we do. And it'd be really nice if you could help with that. But if you can't get into the engine, that's that that makes sense. He turns around midway about halfway back walks up to the tender, you notice he can look straight up over into it. He is so tall. He reaches up and you just hear a crunch as he takes a handful of wood down. Again, it's slow, you know. He then comes up towards, he can't get into the engine. He is far too large, but looking into it, he reaches again one very long other arm and is able to just reach in and pop open that oven. He throws in the handful of wood that he has and closes it all while standing on the ground next to it. That's amazing. Wow. So this is great because that means we can sleep without having to worry about keeping this thing fed. And when we get to our next stop, we can go do whatever we gotta do at our next stop without having to leave someone behind. Hey, I just want to check in with you here, though, Steve. Like, I mean, are you okay just doing that all night like that? 
as you wish. <gasps> He's like the Dread Pirate Roberts. What? Dread Pirate Roberts didn't say as you wish. He only said that as Wesley. Wesley said that as It doesn't matter. It's the same person. Was good night. I'll most likely kill you in the morning. It's the same person, though. But it's not because the Dread Pirate Roberts is a title that gets handed down from one person to another. For that point in time, do not (laughs) argue with me about the greatest movie ever made. (laughs) Listen, listen, I think that means he loves us. You can just sit in your wrongness and be wrong. (laughs) I think that he loves us. He's in love with you all. (laughs) Do not argue with the Mave Cyclopedia Britannica. Okay. The the Encyclopedia trivial pursuit somewhere on this train. He barely down. registers this conversation. He just, <laughs> you know, kind of keeps, keeps, seems to keep his head very focused on that fire. And, you know, if he thinks it needs another one, he'll move to do that. Otherwise, he's quite still. But again, there's this sense of when he has a task, he's quite content. Okay. One, one more question, Steve. Sorry. Do you need anything? Do you need food? Do you need water? Do you need sleep? Insight. You want me to roll it? Yeah. What's your modifier? Plus five. You and only you, as you ask this, there's a bit of a pause. He says, <sighs> but you and only you sense a tension through all of the stones of his back, almost as, as if he had muscle plates, they would shift against one another. There's a, there's a tightness to him that comes across, that gives you the impression he is lying. I'm just gonna nod and say, okay, well, if, if any of that changes, you let us know, okay? With each of these sighs, it's less like air and again, more like two stones somewhere in his throat rub against each other to create sound. Well, Silas, it looks like you've got the night off, at least from feeding the feeding the engine. I mean, are we just going to trust this? I mean, honest, like, hey, hey, I'm fine with it. I just want to make sure everybody's aligned there. Yeah, I think we have no choice. Well, I think it was like Neb likes to say, I think it was meant for us to find him and bring him back to life and hey, to help destiny him. is all I'm there with you. Just wanted to make sure where, you know, since I was the one that was supposed to stay up tonight and keep it going, that I wouldn't get blamed if something goes wrong. I think it's still a good idea that people that we still do watches. It just means now okay. no one has to do a watch in here while Chuck and wood. <laughs> so do, wait, I have a question. Do you guys think he, I don't want to ask him, does he just sit on the back of the train as it goes? Does he walk alongside it? Like, what is his deal? It looked like he sits on the back of the caboose right. when we go. Okay. That, that's that's the impression I get. Interesting. Okay. All right. Well, I guess problem number two, finding those fairies, those mischievous fairies. Oh, did we want to go after them? I figured, <laughs> I mean, we can, but I figured we'd go back in the train. I don't know if we want to chase after them at night. True, true. All right, you're right. I could use some sleep, something to eat. Okay. So is the plan to rest now? 
I'll yeah, go like, ahead like and 10 p.m. Yeah, I'll, I'll go yeah. ahead and take the the first watch. If, okay. uh, I've got a whole book of animals that I want to look through. <laughs> oh, okay. We need three watches. Who wants to do second? All right. Um, well, Neb, I mean, I don't, I don't mind going alone. I've actually never done a watch alone. Um, it's up to you if you want to go alone so you can read your, your book of creatures that think... you intend to scare us with. What? You've been missing time and having your eyes suddenly change color and things. I think probably it's best if someone stays with you. Yep, only so that you know what you're saying. Do you want to join me on first watch? Okay, I mean, if, if you, as long as you don't mind. I mean, I kind of want to be there for her to say something creepy this time, but um, but I'm going to let you I don't know. like the idea that, that you guys are saying I'm saying things. This isn't something I'm celebrating internally. That makes sense, but I mean, I this way at least you won't, we won't miss it if it happens, and then you'll know more, hopefully, right? All right. I, I'm hoping that it's ended, whatever it is. Okay, so Neb and Farooza are going up first? Yeah. Okay, who would like to take second? I mean, I, I don't mind. Nobody. Robin is the morning person. Okay. She usually take the last one. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm, Silas, Silas on his own right. in the middle? Yeah. And then Maeve and Robin in the morning? <laughs> Make coffee. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you don't all have to. You, you can each take individual naps. You don't have to necessarily... Some people can sleep straight through 12 hours. <laughs> now that's a long rest. Mm. I think that's a myth. <laughs> <laughs> it takes me forever to get that. Actually, no, Maeve doesn't. Jen <laughs> might. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, where are you going to make your camp tonight? You go into your rooms? You have your own bedrooms now? I think so. Okay, great. Uh, Neb and Feruza, where do you want to hang out? Actually, yeah, just uh, to be yes. clear, Silas is probably going to go find another room uh, okay. that is very close because his window is completely busted out. Right. Okay. So you'll have to use Neb's or Feruza's because the rooms are all booked. Or you can sleep in room A. You're welcome to sleep in room A. Silas, why don't you take my room? Because we've already gone through it all. So I won't feel yeah. weird. I mean, that that's fine. But like, don't we have other rooms just in the other car? That's true. There's the crew quarters. I mean, I don't mind. Like, it, it, you know, I don't want to impose. Neb. Like, it's only imposing if we're both in there at the same time and we're not taking the same watch. So, <laughs> well, but we will like that last one when Miss Robin is doing it, right? Yeah, I guess that's true. Well, then I don't care. Nah. Yeah. No. That, that, After that, everything I mean, that we've been through, I think uh, you've just been camping together in a mine. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's you, I mean, fine. I don't that's mind. Fine. Stylish, you can sleep in my room. I mean, my room is is is. I mean, it's it has a longer bed, but it it does seem to be a bit colder than the rest of this train. I don't know no, if it's me. Maybe there's a draft. Point. Yeah, um, that's but, that's fine. I, I'm just going to take this mattress and and he starts moving uh, the mattress yeah. from the one room and puts it on the floor. Okay, the gotcha. Okay, great. Rosa, do you want to uh, take the watch in the whatever that? It's not a living room. I keep wanting to call it a living room. Living room. The lounge that's like lounge. right there so that we can keep this way we can keep an eye on the rooms, but you know, just be comfy. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, I mean, I don't mind. And trust me, if you, I know you have your book that you want to read, so I promise I won't talk your head off. I think in my room I have a, a book on tort law that I wanted to sort of kind of read while I was here, so I can pull that. That'll out. keep you up. Expecting a lot of tortious conduct on this trip. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, she's got to prepare for when we get back, and she sues Silas. Exactly. Sends him to jail. Um, okay. When everybody has gone to their rooms and everything. Um, I'll sit down with the book, but then I'm gonna look over at Fruz and say, are you doing okay? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm just shocked by everything that is continually happening, happening on this particular vacation of ours. Rather than that, I, I, um, I've made peace with the fact that, that this is what is happening. We are on a train that we helped move and we have a 10 foot statue helping us do it. And I'm supposed to just accept that as reality and that's what it's gonna be. So I'm doing fine. I think I'm more worried about what you guys are saying that I I was doing. Neb. Yeah? Can I tell you something? Anything you feel comfortable with? You know we won't survive if we don't find all the shards, right? Probably. It's possible if we fail at this, that we'll get just shunted back. Maybe they just kick us out of this place. But I do have a feeling this is kind of a life or death situation. Well, I, I didn't really want to say anything, especially since we're, we're so focused on getting the train moving, getting Steve moving. And um, especially since I already freaked you out earlier. And then thirdly, because we, we all seem to be developing these abilities. So everything we do that's a little off, I'm assuming it's some sort of, I don't know, change that's happening. But I keep having visions of someone. Yeah, it's, I keep seeing some, someone. When did this start? I don't know. I hear losing track of time, I guess, a day ago, maybe. But I keep seeing someone. So I'll admit the reason that I asked you if you were okay, I mean, beyond everything, which I think is just the qualifier now whenever we ask. You've been saying you're cold, and I thought you don't mind the cold. You've always been really happy in the cold. And then recently, you've just been really cold. At times in where I'm not cold. Yeah. That's something that that I did think about, but I mean, I sort of chalked it up to the fact that, I mean, everything for me has a reason. There's always something plausible that I can come out of every situation here. Even when we're, even when we're having parties with rats and centipedes, I still try to try, my brain tries. What makes me more worried, Neb, is the person that I keep seeing. It's me. And I'm alone, but I'm surrounded by darkness. And it's cold as usual, but you guys are nowhere to be found. And my worry is that I've developed some sort of foresight or this is some sort of possible eventuality 
I'm alone and it's dark. I mean, that does sound scary, but this might be a good thing if you know that this is something that might happen. We can work towards making it not happen. I mean, I, I, I can't speak for everybody else, but I'm not going to ever leave you alone if it's within my power. I appreciate that. I've never actually had these sort of feelings before. So I think it's just all of this is just getting to me. So I'll do my best to uh, make sure if I feel or see anything bizarre that I share it with you guys. Yeah, I mean, even if it's even if it's just stress and worry and not this place, maybe we can help. Maybe just saying it will help. I don't I, I don't know. But whatever you need, I'll try. I hate to pile on the weird bad news. <laughs> what? So you remember how I asked Steve? Did he need anything? Well, yeah, you, you you just said, well, if you need anything, let me know. And I'm like, well, we could just get him some beef jerky or one of your little bubble things that you like to hand up. Yeah, well, berries. Um, yeah, so I asked you, did he need food or water or rest? And he said, no. And is it weird that I think a statue can lie? I say that, but it's probably not weird, but I, I think he lied. I don't think he was telling, I think there's something else going on. He looked upset by saying that. You think the 10 foot, two ton statue that we're trusting with our lives is lying about something? And very specifically about needing something, not about helping or serving or any of that, the needing something. All right, I didn't well, wanna say that like right in front of him, which is why I waited. I honestly don't blame you because Robin and I have seen what happens when it gets upset. And I am, um, I kind of want to avoid that situation again. Yeah. But I do think this is possibly something we should bring up with the others when they're awake. I think I all wonder of what this... we can do to catch, why do you catch a statue in a lie? I think you... he, he just got like tense in a way that just read like he was not telling the truth. Like exactly. I said, what did was, you ask him again? What were your exact words? Do you remember? Do you need any food or water or rest? Because those were the three things I thought were the most important. Do you need food, water, or rest? Yeah, those three things definitely piss me off. <laughs> I mean, I know I get hangry all the time, so I, I totally understand. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. But I think, I, I think you're right on both levels. I think what you've talked about with me about what you've been seeing and what I think about Steve, we definitely need to tell the others. But like I said, I didn't want to. Hello, everyone. The, the sprites, the snowflake fairies are messing with our uh, computers here, uh, playing little pranks on us. <laughs> they didn't get their uh, <laughs> pocket watch, but they will come for our internet. Um, so I think where we're going to pick up from where we left off was just where Neb was finishing to say, uh, you know, Neb and Feruza were discussing how they should probably share 
with the rest of the party that Steve, quote unquote, uh, seemed to have been lying about needing anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also about mm-hmm. your visions, your whatever is going on. Um, it's just one. Right now, I mean, it's just, it's just okay. one. Yeah. Can I make a suggestion? Because I've been trying to write down what you say because you don't, you know, obviously you don't know what's going on. When you have one of these, I kept a dream journal for a while and it ended up not really doing very much, but it was kind of fun. Do you think it's worth like in that afterwards writing down what you saw, what you felt, what you heard? All right, I can try. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll try that. I mean, to be honest with you, I've been trying to, it's only been a few times now. But, um, and we're, we're dealing with so much. It's the last thing I want to dump on you guys is that, oh, by the way, I have visions that you're gone or I'm gone or something. Um, but I, next time I, I, I see myself, I will jot down what it, whatever it is I see or how I feel. I, I will say that the only thing, one thing you brought up that is interesting is that I, I, am, I am quite cold here in this train. I mean, thankfully, the blankets in this place were actually quite good. <laughs> they are really nice blankets. Yeah. 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 They did keep us cozy, but. Yeah. Fariza, okay. mm-hmm. it's never dumping on us. We want to help. And then Neb just like sits and opens up her book and starts to look through all the animals. And Fariza opens her tort law book. And starts reading about Torla. The time passes uneventfully. You are both absorbed in your reading uh, for different reasons. (laughs) Um, The time comes to a close. In fact, you're in the room with the grandfather clock. You hear a little dong, dong as 2 a.m. dawns, and that is the end of your shift. Rosa, look at this bear. Look at this bear. This is so cool. Do you think I could turn into that? No, not it. Well, I mean, I guess if we're facing something scary, but I don't want to wake up to that neb. I, I'll try no, not you. to. I'll try not to do that when you're sleeping. But I just I, <laughs> right. All right. It's I'm just so oh yeah. Okay. All, sorry. All derivations of neb. I'm gonna. I'm gonna encourage those. All right. Are you sleepy? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm excited <laughs> to keep reading through the book, but it's been a long day. I'll, I'll go get. It, Silas is doing the next. Okay. Well, you so, you head to bed yeah. and I'll go get Silas. All right. All right. Love you. Bye. Love you too. And she's gonna go to her. <laughs> my God, and it's Neb our just, first. I love you. Neb just kind of <laughs> reflexively, yeah, sure, I love you too, and then stops for a moment and has this nice warm smile. <laughs> And then walks into her room. Okay. And uh, you pass by Silas, who's on a mattress on the floor, I believe. Is that what we did? Um, and you shake Silas. Yeah, we're going to wake up Silas. Okay. Yeah, I'll go poke him in the foot until he wakes up. Yeah, uh, no. Hey. Hey. Yeah. Hey. It's your turn. What? Hey. My turn for what? Morning. It's your watch. You said you were going to do the second watch. My watch? What happened to my watch? <laughs> You know, I would have a, a funny retort to that, except it's been a really long day and all I can think about is bears. It's yeah, the time it's for you like to... 5 a.m. or something. You can't use words like retort. I've been sitting ne- sitting next to Feruza all evening. I can use words like retort. I just can't come up with one. All right. Anyway, okay. it's your turn to be awake while the rest of us are asleep. Okay, I'm on it. Got it. All right. Silas, and... where are you going to hang out? 
Uh, I will go into the same place uh, with the grandfather clock there. And Silas just um, is going to find whatever the uh, most comfortable looking uh, chair is, but mm-hmm. he's going to set up anything for to put up his feet. And he's just like, oh, sciatica, I tell you. Okay. And, uh, well, hold on. We'll uh, get there. As oh. you're walking down the hallway, you close the door behind you to Neb's compartment. As you pass in front of the door to compartment A, the glass on the left side immediately spiders over with frost. It gets freezing cold as you now see your breath in front of your face, shuddering out of your body. You turn your head to the right, looking into the room of compartment A, and a woman stands in the center. She wears an ice blue dress dripping with beads. She has tightly curled white blonde hair, blood red lips, and she looks at you, opens her mouth as if she is screaming. And in a tiny voice in the back of your head, you hear, run, he's coming. Bang, the whole entire train starts to tilt to the side. You feel your body moving. Give me a uh, dexterity saving throw, please. Uh, <laughs> what? Um, dexterity said uh, 17. 17. You're able to keep yourself on your feet, but you have to actually literally put your feet and your hands on the wall with the window behind you to keep yourself upright as the entire train car tilts to the side. Uh, it then rights itself, <laughs> swaying back and forth as you hold yourself there and all of the lights go out again. I- I immediately um, just light up my ring. Yep. And I assume I'm not very far from everyone else's room. I'm nope, going to right like pe- peek in and see if they experienced whatever I just experienced. As you begin to move down, the doors are closed. You can open the first one to compartment yes. B. You open it. Who's in compartment B? Uh, uh, I think it's Robin. I think it's Robin. Robin? Okay. No yeah, Robin. No, B is Silas, I think. Oh, oh well. yeah. B is uh, Silas. C is C. Me. C is you. Okay. Is so Feruza's in C. It says you go over to Feruza's room and just very gently open it. I mean, all of the lights are out. You are every, you know, immediately shivering. Everything is shaking on you with fear and cold. The woman steps into the hallway behind you as you walk away, staring at you again, her mouth almost lit from within as there is no light around her. How can you see her? She stares at you and you peek into Feruza's room and she is fast asleep, sleeping like a child. You turn I, back to her again. Run! He's coming! I, I, Silas does not run. Okay. And he um, stare, stares at her and starts slowly walking towards her. Her hand reaches this. out in front of you, almost reaching towards you or stopping you. You're not sure. As she does... <gasps> Her whole body rockets backward as a dark cloud rises around, enveloping her entire body. It screeches and disappears, pulling her, dragging her into the room. You begin to see fire coming from within compartment A. I go to get a better better vantage point. You run over looking inside. She stands in the center of it, burning center of flame as it begins to envelop the entire room around her, this dark smoke circling around her. I am going to, um, I, so with, with minor illusion, 
Yes. Um, I can make an incredibly loud noise. Yes. Um, and so I am going to literally just say uh, like a klaxon, like, yep. eh, mm, eh, mm, and, and just like start like blaring that out across the train. And I'm going to, um, I'm actually going to telekinetically into the room, see if I can move anything in the room. So I don't know if there's a table or something on a table. Okay. I'm trying to see if I can physically impact anything inside that room. The klaxons begin to, to sound really loud. I mean, throughout the entire train space. Um, as you do this, the smoke stops. It falls to the ground around her feet, starts to just snake its way towards you, rising up in a figure in front of your face. As you begin to try to telekinetically move things on the other side. What is your AC? Um, let's see. Doesn't uh, matter. Natural 20. <gasps> you are slammed. It doesn't matter. Against natural the 20. wall on the other side, shattering the glass behind you. You immediately take 20 points of bludgeoning damage. As the top half of your body falls outside of the train, again, this train rocks side to side, landing back on its wheels. Suddenly, lights come on. Everything is fine. Your klaxon is still sounding. The rest of you hear this klaxon as you're sleeping in your beds. Huh. What, 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 what is it? The war again and coming out. Oh, wait. What's happening? This, this would have happened like moments after we had woken him up, right? It would be about like, yeah, five minutes. Yeah. So Neb is still awake. You weren't much asleep. You were pretty much still awake. Yeah. Ah, and I'm going to rush out. Yeah. You rush outside. Everything looks fine. Uh, Silas, as you're standing there in the hallway, just feeling this incredible, you know, broken, you know, shattered bones and the, the soreness of your muscles along your back where everything was broken. The window is fine. There's nothing on fire. The lights are on. All you have is the faint smell of smoke. Lingering what? smell of smoke. What's, 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 what, 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 what? I, I'm. I know I owe you an explanation, and I promise. Yes, it will. you do. And and yeah, I'm just like I'm tr uh, struggling to breathe with the yep. broken ribs. Yep. And um and I as I'm doing this though, you notice that I'm just kind of moving my hand over myself, and I am healing myself at this point in time. Gotcha. And eventually, mm -hmm. I imagine my voice gets like more sure and yep. and less wispy. Uh, and raspy. Um, and so basically um, I'm saying, okay, all right. That's, and I, I can do the spell because I definitely want to make sure I do this right now because something is going <laughs> to it. Like time. I want to yes. look at my phone and see what time it is. It is 2.14. What I thought. Mm. All right. So that is oh going to be, um, I, between those two spells that I just cast, Yes. I'm going to uh, get um, 18 points of that back. So, um, Okay. All right. How'd, so, How'd you get hurt? Uh, that's going to be hard to explain, but I think after all we've been through, everyone is going to at least be inclined to believe me. I yeah. was. Did you get stuck in another world where you couldn't get back? Uh, you got hit by a... Did you, just, did you just try and hug Steve? No, 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 no! I would never do that uh, without consent. I don't want to uh, know what he's but, doing at night. 
but I, uh, no, I was just going to read my comic and, uh, well, technically it's a trade paperback. People get that wrong all the time. Um, but I was, I was headed to go do that and I saw Ivy. I, I think that's what we're calling her, right? I saw Ivy again and she looked like she was straight up out of some kind of horror movie again. And her mouth what? was way bigger than it was supposed to be. And then she said, run. And it's like this whispering, like I can still hear it in my head a little bit. Um, but but she said, run. And I'm like, run, run from what? I don't see anything. And so then I immediately went and checked. And, and uh, Faruza, I went into your room. I saw you were sleeping soundly. So I'm like, hey, this is all just an illusion. Because I know a little bit about that now. Because I can do some of that. Right? And so I'm like, oh, this is just in my head. And so then she's like out in the hallway at that point. And she's like, Jack now and then and then i'm like no like you know this is like i disbelieve it's like i'm just gonna like walk toward it like and then when i walk through it it's gonna be fine but then she comes forward and then all of a sudden she likes gets kind of like i don't know uh consumed almost by some kind of black smoke and then this black smoke comes out and it's like oh it's like a face and i if i was betting i would say it's probably julian or, or because like i think that that guy's a bad guy and so, like, whoever this is, they're like, it's a face. And then all of a sudden, next thing I know, I'm getting attacked. And I'm getting slammed into the wall over here. Oh, and by the way, I left out this part about the train, like, rocked. Like, almost what? like it was going to just, like, completely fall over on its side. But you were all in there sleeping like, uh, you know, babies. And so, um, so it was all in my head. But then, like, you know, those broken ribs that I just stitched back together with, uh, you know, the magic, newfound magic that we have, uh, says that something was real about it. And so I don't know what's happening, but if this is going to go on on this train, we probably ain't staying on this train. I mean, we knew this was a haunted train. I just wasn't <laughs> expecting it to be that kind of haunted. Uh, what you were expecting, like, you know, Judgment House, like little, uh, you know, little little scenes or something, little people that are not allowed to touch you to come out. Yeah, remember like, no, this, this... Is, this is real stuff. And she told you to run, what was that mean? What'd you say, Faruza? I was like, you said that she told you to to run. Told me to run, but I'm like, run where? Like, I mean, I'm on an enclosed train. It's 20 degrees outside. I'm not running out in the in the driven snow. What did you, you say, Maeve? Well, you said that this happened before. The last night we were on the train. Wait, what? What are you saying? Something similar happened. Didn't we see her? In the middle of the night. Well, yeah, and we fought like whatever that shadow creature was, right? Wait a second. Are you going to say this is going to happen every night? I don't know. Like, what, what time is it? Currently, it's about 2.15. Oh. Oh. Oh, so wow. Recurring. So we just need to stay off the train at 2.15. Like, everybody's bedtime just <laughs> needs to back up about three hours. Or maybe there is something that we need to do at 2.15. Two one three, two one so, three, two thirteen. Yeah, <gasps> all the pocket watches. Oh, what what times? I know one of them was at two thirteen. Two yes. of them were at two thirteen, right? Maybe two of them were because they were broken. Um, the two most, or you know, Gloria's worked. Um, hers is a functioning watch. Um, mm -hmm. And then, uh, although maybe, oh, maybe hers because maybe it got smashed I, in that original. The I original. Hers, thing. That's hers why that got stuck. There you go. Mine was stuck. There we go. Um, the others, though, were functioning. They are not. Okay. 
they are not uh, stuck at any kind of time. But we also got 213 from Ivy when we yes, put the shard right in the mirror. Yeah. So. so clearly there is significance there, and we don't need to be anywhere near this at 213. We probably need to just detach this car from the train and be done with it. Well, we can't be done with it. That's where the mirror is that we're getting all the shards. Yeah. Well, just, let's just go in there and take the mirror out. Like, we got to be able to detach that from that wall somehow, right? Something tells me to move that. <laughs> we do have a tiny crowbar. You do have a tiny crowbar. Something, I, I, my gut tells me Steve, it's not going to be that easy. Steve is supposed to protect us, and I am not feeling very protected. <laughs> we're well, calling the manager. <laughs> If think the secret is to be away from room A at 2.13 in the morning. But we literally sleep right there. Like, my room is right there. If my room uh, window wasn't busted, like, I mean, can this thing was out in the hallway. It's not like it's stuck in room A anymore. It's out in the hallway? Just hanging like she out. she came out in the hallway and, like... There's no door. Yeah, like, we and, busted okay, so, the door. So you, Remember that? The general feeling you felt when you saw her was like she was scaring you or was she protecting you? Maybe we should look at this as something where I mean, the general feeling you had. The general feeling I had was what? And, you know, I, I with a minor illusion, I start bleeping out everything I'm saying. <laughs> and then um, and then I say, and then I was like, okay, like she's probably trying to protect me in her own way. And she's telling me to run. But then I'm like, I'm not going to run and leave all of you here. So then that's when I went and checked and you're all just completely fine. And so I'm like, Oh, this is a figment of my imagination. And then whatever I, that figment was slam me against the wall. I'm going to eye for ruses. I say this, yeah. it sounds like a vision. It sounds like a vision, a vision that can physically manifest and do something in our world. Or to you at least because you were the one it happened to. There is something that um so in a, in a before hour five minutes of sleep were interrupted. <laughs> Can we make coffee while we talk? Yeah, we're gonna <laughs> need coffee for, for what we're about for, for yeah, what we're about to say. We're gonna need coffee. Anyway. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. You want to head to the lounge and the dining room where there's coffee. Just, and... Before sure. we move, does anything mm -hmm. in the room look different in room A? Perception check, please. Okay. <laughs> uh, Fifteen. Nothing is moved, nothing is broken, nothing is burnt, but it is warmer. And again, that like a little bit of match smell that you had before now smells like someone's got a fire burning down the block. So that was one thing that I might have left out a little bit in my, um, you know, hasty explanation of what happened. But um, she did just get like, I can't remember, like there was this huge door dump at some point. And everybody was talking about what happened to Ivy. Um, and I think that I was distracted by, by something. Um, so I don't know. Did she burn when she died? I don't think we know. We well, know I think that she probably did based on what I saw. Because what we she know was... is that Julian had a great fear of fire and wanted to reinforce the train against fire. Well, maybe the shadowy person isn't Julian then. I don't know. But somebody was trying to, you know, again, kill me. And then um, she was bathed in flames. And then it's almost like she just like kind of like got consumed by them. And then pop goes the weasel. And there's just a little shadow that's kind of like starting to kind of inch its way toward me. And then everything returned back to normal. 
and you're absolutely sure hey, that listen. this was Ivy. The well, face, I mean, everything. well, yeah, I mean, like I got really close to Ivy that first time, if you'll remember, hanging outside the train. And so, right. oh my God. Yes, it was definitely her. The description sounds like what we've seen a bunch of times. So here's what we could do. We said that Steve uh, could not get inside this train, but like maybe we can like bust a hole in the side right here. And then 213 comes around and Steve can and like throw down. I don't know. I'm just I'm just saying Steve should be here at 213. You know, is that coffee ready yet? <laughs> was anyone making it because last i checked we were still standing in the hallway let's let's go stand somewhere else and let's uh -huh. have some coffee and i think Faruz and i a haunted train room the haunted compartment i think Faruz and i have stuff that we need to tell you that we were going to tell you in the morning but now it seems like we're telling you now well it's 2 15 in the morning so that's fair. Well. I mean, uh, honestly, if we think this is going to happen like all the time and every night, then we probably all should stay up and at least see uh, to make sure that it, it's not just me. I mean, I listen, I know what I saw and I'm not going to entertain any thoughts that I'm losing my mind or anything like that because I, I definitely am not. But I won't say that it might not just be me seeing it. So, you know, that that's either way, that's an important piece of information. And so I think that either way, you know, tomorrow night, we probably should all try to be around, you know, at least a few of us around at 2.13 to see if it so happens. So that we can all get hit by... Well, no, no, no. I'm saying safe injured. distance, whatever. <laughs> Put Steve, like, let's all sit on top of Steve's shoulders outside the train and look through the window on this side. You know, what, whatever we need to do. Well, about Steve. I just thought of that. What do, you, do, you, do you think maybe Steve noticed what was happening to the train in your brain? in the illusion that you were having. I don't know. <laughs> that came out ridiculous. Okay, never mind. I don't know. No, I think I mean, there's a I lot we need to learn about. about Steve. Yeah. There, There's a bunch we need to learn about Steve because I got the distinct impression when I asked him if he needed anything and he said, no. He was not telling the truth. He was hiding something. He got uh, uh, all tense in that way that people do when they lie. Okay, Matt Murdock. How, I mean, he doesn't have a heartbeat. How, how, are, you, how are you able to tell whether he can, you know, actually lie or not. Well, I assume he can just lie by saying a lie, by saying no instead of yes. But he got all tense, like like he was upset or, you know. You know when people lie, but they do it badly? I mean, Silas, you should know. You taught me how to lie. And so I feel like I'm getting better. I taught you how to lie? Wow. Yeah. Remember with the, the rats and everything? Yeah, I mean, I kind of feel bad about that, but there's this small sense of pride also. Like, well, I I think this is a good thing because I, I mean, I might be wrong, but I really got the sense that he was hiding something about needing something. Why would a robot lie? And specifically, why would anyone tell you what do they need when they first meet you? Why should they have any reason to trust you? True, but I was. The framing of the question was like, I don't want to say innocent, but not like, you know, what do you need in the grand scheme of things for the rest of your life? The question, you know? Or maybe he just wasn't comfortable when we just woken him up from whatever state he was in with feeling like a burden. 
Well, that's Either fair, that. but I kind of wish he had just stayed quiet then instead of lied. But that's why I'm having second thoughts about that. Mm. Well, in my mind, it's either that or he needs something that he knows we wouldn't want to give him. Sorry for being macabre with that, but. No, it's a good point. And also, Silas, I think it's a good idea for more of us to be around because if you're having this kind of vision, telling people is a good idea. And I just, just like sit down next to Feruza. <laughs> so oh you've, you've moved this conversation to the lounge dining room area. You're yeah, yeah. Coffee. coffee and yeah. You're sitting. Silas, mm. you've, you've found a comfy chair, but you know, you've got bigger issues than sciatica at this moment. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, you know, sitting there, it feels lonely here. Every once in a while, you can hear Steve, the, the scrape of stone as he reaches up and grabs some wood, chucks it into the, the engine to keep it running for you. Um, and you just get this overwhelming feeling that it is just the five of you out here in the middle of nowhere, and you have no idea what you are up against. <sighs> I'm going to um, step out and I'm going to uh, find my way up towards the front of the train. I'm going to tell everybody mm -hmm. and say, mm -hmm. listen, like, I'm just going to go um, monitor and, and make sure that, you know, Steve is still there. I think I mm -hmm. hear him out there, but I want mm -hmm. to see if he's still there. And, um, but um, that was, you know, that was definitely the truth from a point, certain point of view, but I'm also going to talk to Steve. Okay. Um, uh, and I'm, I'm going out there and I'm basically just going to be like, are so, so Steve, that, I guess that's what we've decided to call you. Hey, listen, listen, I like every time, every single time we have this conversation, it feels like I'm just like, it, it's such a burden to even talk to me. Like, like, is, is that like a sigh, like a despondent sigh, or is that just like the inner workings of how the magic that keeps you animated works? <sighs> Wow. Okay, buddy. All right. Listen, question. Do you know who Ivy is? He stops. He was in the middle of lifting some wood out of the tender. He puts it back down and turns to you. You know. And I am. Uh, yeah, I am intimately familiar with her um, the last you know, several days. Um, do you know what happened to Madame Ivy? No, but I fear for her. Yeah, I mean, I think she's like super dead, dude. But um, as so soon as you say that, every part of him freezes still. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you knew that. Did, did, did you not know that? More and more rapidly back and forth as he turns and walks away from you, almost running as fast as he can until he stands opposite compartment A, looking through the window into the room. Madam, show yourself. 
and Silas at this point, after he sees where he's like stopped, yes. is running through the train. Hey, everybody, I'm sorry. I talked to the robot and I shouldn't have, but 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 we got to see what he's doing. Like, what? Silas, Silas is running, not inside Room A, mm-hmm. but ho- I uh, am assuming I can see out the window yeah. from the door, yeah. Yeah, hallway. So as you stand in front of compartment A, are the rest of you following him? Ooh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. I have a rollers so was- in my hair and like this. <laughs> As the group of you stop in front of compartment A and and look at him, you can actually now with the light coming out of the train onto his face, you can see there's actually quite an expressive carving upon that. And as he looks, his eyes are wide and he looks soft and scared. And in a moment, you can't tell if it's an illusion or just snowflakes. Something shimmering rolls down the side of his nose and down his chin and down his neck as he slows that grunting down, bows his head, and walks back to the engine to continue stoking the fire. Hey, hey, hey listen, I'm sorry, everyone. What did everyone. you say to him, Silas? Listen, listen, I, I, I done told that robot that, that Ivy is like super dead. And I didn't think that that was going to have any kind of impact. He's he's like a, a, a an animated robot or, or creature or something. Like I thought. I mean, he didn't act like he had any feelings before. So, you know, I just I made an assumption that was a wrong assumption, and now I've got to go apologize to the phone game. So let so me get this straight, Silas. Let me get straight. We were having coffee in the lounge, sharing stories, trying to yeah, figure I out what the coffee. heck is happening. I told you that and you thought it would be interesting to get up. And you go outside and tell a robot that we've named after someone's lover that they're probably dead for no reason. Listen, I don't do well with idol. Like I, I I've got to keep moving. Like and and co- coffee is boring. To I me. have a it's thought. Do you think that maybe Steve was once human or created by someone? who knew, loved Ivy very well? well Let's find out. Protecting the- <laughs> well, we we asked what his name was, and he d- said he didn't have one. It's possible oh, he, he remember one. Either way. Wait, you have one of those looks on your faces again. On your face, sorry. I didn't mean to say face. I meant to say face, Maeve. You have one of those looks on your face again. What are you thinking? It just seems that someone who has decided to defend the train for however long, at least 90 years, it would make sense to me that that would be the case. Hey, 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 like, here's the thing. I asked if he knew Ivy and he definitely is, is he a he like, is, is that what we're like deciding on or should. Well, we don't know at this point. Yeah. So I feel really strange saying so so they, I'm going to say they, so they are, um, I asked if they knew Ivy and they said, no, no, I or I said said yes, I know Ivy, but then um, said you know you know the madam, and oh. and then I'm like yes, I, and now I'm like 
okay, I can call her Madam Ivy now. And so I'm like, yes, I know Madam Ivy, and she's super dead. And then immediately went over here and stared and apparently cried, apparently cried. Um, and so now I'm going to apologize. No. I'm inviting all of you to come with me. No. If you would like. We are not going to bother Steve anymore tonight. And that is final, young man. Yes, I think Robin. I agree with yeah, I think I agree with Robin. Yes, Ms. Robin. I mean Robin thinks that Steve could be like a human consciousness caught in a stone statue. Is that what you think, Ms. Robin? All I know is that if he has feelings or if they have feelings that we need to respect that he needs time. It's if I had just learned of something similar, I I need processing time. With all due respect, Miss Robin, you're not the person who, you know, accidentally offended them and uh, owe them an apology. And so I'm simply saying I'm, I'm trying to do the right thing. I'm trying to apologize. And so I won't ask any other reaching questions, even though our survival might depend on those questions. I'm hey, just Silas? simply saying that I want to apologize. Hey, Silas, can I offer a compromise? Oh, we're going to have to tell them in the morning that we're going to be on our way and to go have a seat and join us. Why don't you be the one to tell them and then you can include the apology then and then that way you're giving them some time, but you know that you'll have that chance. Sure. Okay. Especially since um, there's... <laughs> Sorry, DM. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. Uh, our, so... With that having been agreed to, is is resting resuming? This, Are you this could uh, also be Julian, since we know that the, the the being, we're not sure about the being in the room, could be Julian. Would Julian refer to Ivy as madam? Possibly. Did he? Oh, well, we've read some love letters. Those mm -hmm. were from Ivy to Julian, right? Not mm -hmm. back the other way. Uh, oh, no. We have from him because it from says him he too, loves and wa yeah. wants to protect her. He never refers to her no, as, not as madam. But Ooh. if he doesn't, if he's not remembering everything, then maybe those holes in their memory is causing them to refer to her in a different way but I think it's a good thought. But before we go to bed, I'll just look over for again. I'm real sorry. <laughs> Do you want to tell everybody? Oh, yes. I want to share something like this right before we go to bed. But <laughs> I know. I know. But now um, waiting seems like the wrong idea. Are you also an infinite saying? guardian of some vintage no. project? <laughs> A fool's errand for your lost love. <laughs> yes, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Um, this is Great problem so solved. Bedtime. <laughs> um, well, this, I might as well tell you now. I guess this, since we're seeing things and having things happen once again, can't even get the one out of sleep. Um, I told Neb that, in addition to just feeling extremely the cold on this train in recent hours. I keep seeing someone. Um, sometimes 
when my eyes are closed, but mostly just standing within, just within eye shot, I guess. And I told Neb that the thing that most scares me about the person I see is that it's, it's me. And um, I'm alone, but I'm surrounded by darkness and none of you are there. And the feeling I have is that none of you, not only do I not see you, but you are not there. So my, I told Ned that my fear was that it was some sort of either foresight or eventuality that I was seeing. And that's why I didn't share it in the past. I wasn't trying to keep anything from you guys. I would never do that, I promise. Are you having any other premonitions? No, that's, I mean, that's really all I'm seeing other than the stuff that Neb said that I said the other day that she tried to write down, but it made no sense. It, I mean, it makes no sense to me. <laughs> so that's, I mean, as soon as Silas said that he saw a woman surrounded by darkness, that's why I was so asking about her face. Is but, it, is it possible these visions that, the, that you're having, it's not mm -hmm. you that you're like feeling what Ivy is feeling. And once we're off the train or further away, you won't have them anymore. That it's maybe not you, but you feeling her. I wish I knew. I, I, I wish I could venture to guess at this point. I'm, I'm, I'm still processing the fact that I'm having blackouts. But the, the visions did start not too long ago. They started right after, you know what? They started right after that fight that we had with this zombie person or um, Al's, Al's Al. Mm. Maybe it is being on the train. I don't know. So I don't know if they're related. I'm, I just wanted to make sure you guys knew because I didn't, it felt weird keeping it from you. Thanks for letting us know. And especially having to say that twice. <laughs> I know that sucks. Okay. So with these revelations and strange happenings of the night, um, We'll fast forward a little bit through here. Silas, everyone, you can get back to sleep. There is this, there is a feeling of calmness, safety with your understanding of 213 kind of dawning on you. You feel like you're probably okay for the next little while. Um, so you're all able to drift back to sleep. Um, Silas, the rest of your watch goes uneventfully as you sit with your comic book and ponder this extraordinary experience that you've had. Um, Maeve and Robin, we're gonna get you through this a little bit. So, yeah, so Maeve and Robin, uh, you know, Silas goes to sleep. Maybe you fall asleep in the comfy chair with the comic book <laughs> spread across your chest uh, as Maeve and Robin take over their shift, going back to the coffee, getting themselves ready. Um, Steve has just been dutifully moving firewood into the front of the train. 
Maven Robin, in your shift, the sunlight is just starting to, you know, to come up. You're seeing lighter and lighter blue in the sky. Um, a light snow has begun to fall. What would you like to do? Well, new dawn, new day. Now say, Maeve, it occurs to you, you were curious about dates before. It occurs to you, you have your ticket on you. Oh, okay. Pull that out. Yes, please. Joss, you can share Maeve's ticket with everyone. Yay. So excited. <laughs> <laughs> you notice that on your ticket, there is a date. It says December, did I say 15th, I think? December 15th, a 4 p.m. departure there. Um, there is no date, um, but it is, uh, you know, it is a, a printed ticket. And then someone has, with a manual typewriter, typed in your name, Maeve Flynn. Today is the 21st, this coming day. <laughs> it's been it's, so short a time. Is that uh -huh. true? Today's 21st. What are you thinking, Maeve? Just looking at it to see. Well, while you think about it, we have to be careful this day. It's the winter solstice, shortest day of the year. Many things can happen. The twenty-first today. Yes, it is. Huh? That's true. What would you say that we should? Are well, there things that we should be doing? Yes, we should be getting an early start before the sun goes down. <laughs> How much earlier do you want to get going? It's already quite early in the morning. Well, I'd say if everyone has gotten enough rest, we should be on our way. We don't know what to expect. We'll lose daylight around 4 p.m. if we're, you know, mm -hmm. if we. Silas did two to six, so you'll you did you know six to ten. It is it is late morning now. Oof. Yes. It's, it you know it's it's six a.m. for you you know when you get it, but it's it's morning. Well, uh, do you have any other thoughts, or I'm gonna start waking people up so we can get going. What did you think about what Feruza was saying? I think Feruza has been through a lot. You know, this has been probably the most shocking experience for her than it has been for us. There's a lot of resistance, you know, and, and maybe it's really taking its toll, that's all. I hope so. Do we need to be worried? There's a difference in being worried and being vigilant. You know, it, it, my, my aunt always said, worrying does nothing for you. You can laugh or you can cry. It doesn't make much of a difference. So without worrying, we should just be prepared for anything. 
Hmm. How does one prepare for anything? <laughs> well, first, you just have to have an open mind. <laughs> it's been a very strange week. Yes, and how does that make you feel? In a good way, in a bad way, in a scary way for sure, but I, I'm quite enjoying it for the most part. It's been frightening for sure, but it's quite an adventure. It is, it is. I'm curious, I suppose. I'm wondering what happened here. And I'm hopeful that we can figure it out and I I don't know. I don't know. It's I don't okay. know if anyone even knows we're missing. It's okay to not know. And likely no one knows we're missing unless the train employees made it all the way back to the station by now. They reported us missing or maybe they didn't make it back. Who knows? I would think if they did make it back, they know that we're missing. They may come looking, but we know it won't make much difference unless we can get out of this limbo. Limbo's a good way to describe it, I think. Maybe that's what this place is. Well, you know what I say. If you're stuck does it in have limbo, to do with backbends and <laughs> it does. When you're stuck what in limbo, you, know? you just gotta go low. <laughs> <laughs> Maeve sort of looks at the braces she has on various joints and goes, "Yes, and, well, it works well for you, I suppose." <laughs> All right, come on. I let's think I'm better as the bar. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so as it nears the end of your watch time, you start to wake everyone up. Uh, Steve has got that engine nice and hot. The rail ahead of you is clear. Um, what would you like to do? I well, the time to get the train. Choo-choo. <laughs> All right. Maeve, you make your way to the front of this train, taking a seat in the conduct in the engineer's spot uh, and begin to look at all of these greasy iron levers and dials and valves in front of you and try to remember that dense text that you read before. Please give me an intelligence check. It can be advantaged and with proficiency because of your proficiency okay. with trains now. I I'm gonna go. I'm gonna yes. go sit in that cupola. 
the, yeah, but before I leave, I'm gonna give Maeve a very uh, slight pat on the shoulder and yeah. say, I I'm gonna go watch the back. I trust you in the front. And I'm oh, just gonna great. offer a little bit of support. A little support. Uh, as you, you go back, Neb, you see Steve is sitting in his spot at the back of the train. Who's gonna stoke? I don't mind. Yeah, I, no, I was a greaser before. I was a greaser. You were a greaser before, but you yeah. can stoke. Okay. Can show you how. All right, Spruce is going to go up front and start, you know, shoveling wood yeah. into the oven and keeping it going. Uh, Silas and, and uh, Robin, where you want to be? Uh, I think Robin wants to be next to Maeve in case she needs any assistance. Okay, up with front with Maeve, Silas. Is there anything else that needs to be done? Just Maeve driving si the train. Si Silas is going to just wander the train and eventually okay. he is going to go and sit down by Steve. Okay. Uh, but it's it's going to be after after a while he'll do that. Okay, I gotcha. Oh. All right, what was it, Maeve? The 25. Woo! Oh my goodness. All of you throughout. Yes, you ring that whistle twice, just like you're supposed to. Uh, and the train begins the huge chug of this train as this, you know, I don't even know how many hundred ton thing starts to roll forward down these tracks and you all begin to feel it, a sense of elation coursing through your veins as the steam puffs out of the chimney at the top and smoke and you begin to roll forward. And that's how uh, my work done for the day. <laughs> I'm going to fast track you a tiny bit. Um, as you come closer to the mine, Maeve, you do an excellent job of slowing the train down as a couple of you scurry out. You're able to swing the water tower chute around, um, open up that tap, that water tower is well insulated and water pours out, refilling your supply. Steve helps you load more of this wood into the tender. You're done in like you. five minutes. It is fast and efficient as Maeve. You barely, you know, the bar thing barely gets cold as you then begin to continue down your track. Um, there are tunnels, there are switchbacks. There's all this just extraordinary scenery around you as you follow along the river down at the bottom of this ravine. It takes about another two hours and you find yourself looking at an old timey train station up ahead. And off to the right in kind of an open plain, you see, I'm sorry, left side. Uh, on the left side in kind of an open plain, you see an old timey Western town, something that's been, you know, restored and, and uh, you know, kind of a fun uh, experience history kind of way. As the train pulls into this platform, it comes to a stop just exactly at the right spot. And as you all begin to look out down the main street of this old Western town, you see the ground is littered with half frozen decomposing bodies. <gasps> and with that, we will end this chapter of Children of Airtime. Thank you all so much for being here with me. Please remember that life itself is the most wonderful fairy tale, and we will see you next week. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Children of Arte. To learn more about Demiplane, visit demiplane.com and embark on your own adventure today.